We're going to come around the, the time of, of the Word of God, if you will. Um, and for those of you who, are, who have, are not familiar with Pastor Darren and Beck, they are executive pastors down C3 Victory in Newcastle. And uh, they've been um, serving there for 20 years, 20 years together. And they've been, been married now and in love for 25 years. They've been going strong, leading the charge of marriages. They're passionate about relationships, passionate about uh, marriages, so much so that Pastor Darren wrote a book called The Happy Marriage um, and uh, also has a, quite a famous TikTok I've, I've heard as well. I'm not on TikTok, but if I was, I would be there because there is a whole bunch of other stuff that I shouldn't be. So that would be the place that, that I would be. Uh, that I would be. However, I know that tonight that they are going to be speaking into healthy and flourishing relationships, and I would just really encourage you to lean in. They're just going to have some, uh, have some time of discussion. It's going to be like you're leaning in on conversations with the Chapmans. It's going to be awesome. But while that's happening, up on the screens, you're going to see a QR code, because after they've had, some, had, had their conversations, we're going to have a time of Q&A. Um, and so, um, if you've got questions of any sphere to do with uh, relationships, I would encourage you during, during that time of discussion, scan that QR code, um, fire off those questions, and then in a little while, uh, we'll be going through those questions together and answering as many as we can. But church, because we honor uh, our guest speakers, why don't you stand to your feet and just make Pastor Darren and Beck welcome as they come. Well, good evening at Powerhouse. How are we? Very good. Do you want to sit over there, babe? Wow, that's a long way down. That's cool. You can grab a seat, guys. So good. And um, we're here, we're not here to talk about my book, um, but we're here to talk about before you get to my book tonight. How do you do dating and singleness well? Right. And Beck, so. So factor in the QR code's going to stay up there. So if you think of questions along the way... Absolutely. Um, ...everybody except for Pastor Josh like, can keep on to that. Uh, he was the first one whipping his phone out, out yeah. there, so yeah. it's making me nervous. <laughs> You're going to have to put a, like a, a initials after your questions. Yeah, that would be great. Okay, cool. That way we know it's coming from you. <laughs> hey, um, we're super blessed to be here. Hey, you have got an incredible church and... Um, We've, we've been so blown away today um, at who you are and your generosity. And um, yeah, we've, we've loved uh, Pastors John and Danielle for a long, long time. And um, yeah, they've had uh, a, bit, a bit of a huge influence on us over many, many years. As young pastors that we were, you're sitting a long way away, babe. Are, are we fighting? Uh, okay, good. good. Good to know. Good to know. If you could just rub my arm every few minutes so I'll know that we're fine. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> oh, okay, we've got stuff in the middle. Oh, okay, right, right, maybe later. Um, <laughs> she said it's not time to snuggle. All right, that's fine. That's okay. Hey, um, so let's talk about two things tonight. And um, who wants to get married one day? It's okay. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. So what we thought we might do is, uh, is talk a little bit about how to do singleness well and how to do dating well, all right? Because, um, like, we've got a lot of content on how to do marriage well, but we really feel like God's opening a door for us in this space right now as well. Um, yeah, because if we can prevent <laughs> some stuff 
Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. So you can't talk about... You can't have this stuff without the stuff that goes before. Um, and so tonight we sort of, you know, we're like, okay, we've got to talk on singles and, and dating, but you can't talk about that with, without really... To, the conversation being about doing singleness well and that it's actually okay to be single. You Preach. Someone needs to hear tonight that you are not a second-rate citizen because you are not yet married. Very good. Yeah. You are complete. You are still a whole person. Um, I think that in the church for so many years and in life in general, so much gets, um, so much pressure. We talk, and I've been guilty of it myself, you know, oh, when you get married or when you have children, well, you know what, how about we just enjoy the season that we're in and what God's got for us right now, whether that's, you know, for those of you who are married... You're not going back to singleness, just let's, you know, sort that out. But there's so much to be said for singleness, whether that season is short, it's relatively short, whether it's long or whether it's a lifetime. That's right. So straight off the bat, we want to say that you should read one book. It's not my book. It's this book. John Mark Comer wrote a book called Loveology. It has got so much that you need to get in your brain about how to do singleness well, about what marriage is. And, and, and some of the stuff he says, like, has really challenged how we've seen, because we've been guilty of that as well, guilty of looking at singleness as like it's a waiting season. It's not a waiting season. You're not waiting for something better. You're st- you've still got Jesus You've still got purpose. You've, you're still a whole person. You're not a half person waiting for another half person to make you a complete person. You are a complete person, right? And, um, and so John Mark Comer in this book, he says, two broken people put together doesn't make a whole person. It makes more brokenness. But yet we look at like, what was that line out of Jerry Maguire? You complete me? It's just like, and everyone just went, oh, oh, it's so good. It's so gushy. These guys are too young to have seen that movie. Right? Has anyone ever seen Jerry Maguire? Okay, cool. See, not not that many people are too young to see it. (laughs) Anyway, so it's Tom Cruise, and he looks at, is it Renee Zellweger? Right. And he looks at her, and he says, you complete me. And everyone just, oh, fawns over this and quotes it and everything. And it's like, "That's, that's not how it works. You don't find your person to complete your incompleteness, right? You're two broken people, and when you get come together, it does. It's not like Hollywood and bliss every day. It's you're now in a marriage where you've got to work at it. You've got to work at staying in love. Like marriage isn't like this. um, It's not like the pinnacle of human relationships. And all of a sudden, you've got to get there, and now you're on eternal euphoria. That's not how it works. Marriage is hard work. You've got to work at it um, because relationships are work sometimes. And when you throw two people, you know, with uh, with some sometimes messy backgrounds and trauma and all kinds of dysfunction and insecurity, you throw those two people into a house and a like it's like a melting pot of emotion and crazy. It's fun. We love it. Yeah. But, but, like, don't, don't put marriage 
Don't put God, don't, don't make that your God. Don't make marriage your God. Don't pursue that above God. Pursue God and let Him sort out all those other things in your life. Right? Matthew 6.33. Therefore, you know, like, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. So, like, get your priorities in order. And anyway, we keep going on that. You could talk a long time about that. The, I could talk um, a long time. I think the key is what, whatever season you're in, what's God doing now? What's, yeah, right. what's he doing now? What can you get on board with now? Um, let me read you this scripture. I mean, clearly Darren wrote a book, so we're, you know, right into marriage. Uh, we're all for marriage because we are married, and so once you are married, that's it, right? But um, right. there's this great scripture in 1 Corinthians, and um, it's a really helpful one before you are married. To, to give some thought to, to give it some consideration. And it says this, uh, verse 32, am I in the right spot? Yep. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. So there's actually so much value in the time you have as a single person before you get tangled up with somebody else who you've got to, you know, be concerned for. Console regularly. (laughs) Everything is fine. (laughs) A little bit before those verses, it says, this is, sounds like a real downer on marriage, doesn't it? But um, those who marry will face many troubles in this life, right? Can be pretty tough. So give it some thought before you rush in because being single and unhappy is not as bad as being married and unhappy. Whoa. That was awesome. There's lots of perks to being single, you know? Don't right. rush it. That's so good. So let's talk about um, three big questions you want to answer when you're dating. All right? If you're thinking about getting married and you're kind of interested in a person, firstly, they need to be interested in you as well. But these are the three big questions that you want to answer. All right? Firstly, is do we have genuine chemistry? Now... Chemistry is really important, but it's not of utmost importance. It's not the most important thing. Now, if you don't have any chemistry, asking someone to marry you is probably not going to work. All right? But let's put chemistry in its right place. Chemistry is based around a few things, like attraction, whether you actually like them as a person, whether you find them attractive to you, whether you like hanging out with them, you know, spending time with them. Um, Right, so chemistry is important, but let's talk about philosophy of dating for a minute, because we had a couple who we, uh, in our church who we thought, this is going to be fantastic. They were like moving slowly like magnets towards each other, and we were like, oh, consent, come on, this is going to be so good, and they went in with two totally different philosophies of dating, and the whole thing exploded in dramatic fashion. It was, it was scary to watch. So one of them went in with the philosophy of, oh, we're dating, and so we're going to see where this leads. 
And the other one went in with the philosophy of, oh, now we're boyfriend and girlfriend. They just missed each other like ships in the night. None of their communication hit. And it was like it all just completely fell apart before it even started. So you want to have your philosophy of dating, right? Am I seeing where this goes or, or are we exclusive, right? So maybe talk about that when you are getting involved with someone. But essentially, we want to ask that question, do you like each other? Do you want to spend more time together? Are you attracted to the body, personality, their walk with Jesus, their maturity levels, their attitude? Are you attracted to their whole person, not just they have a nice butt? All right? Hey, I'm being real tame right now. Um, Okay, should we go on to this one? Yeah. All right. For sure. The second one is the most important one, right? Do we have compatibility of values? Do our values align? Okay, now we're not talking about sexual compatibility. Don't get me started on that one. We're not talking about, do we, do we have the same interests? Yay! No, 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 we're talking about, do you value the same things in the same way? Because if you love Jesus up here, and they're like, eh, Jesus is all right, right? You've got different values. Even though you both might be Christians, if one of you is full on for Jesus and the other one is like, ah, it's cool, I'll go to church with you. No, 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 no. You go to church for you, I'm going to church for me. Right? We're not married yet. Once we sign that, that paperwork, it's till death do us part. We've got to work this thing out. But the hardest conflict to deal with is a values-based conflict because you're coming from totally different ends of the building, totally different ends of the spectrum. All right. Do you want to say stuff? Because I'm saying lots of stuff. I know you're passionate about this particular area. I am. So it's... I'll let you go. <laughs> right? So we're trying to establish, do they have the same values as me? Right? Like money's an easy one to talk about. Okay? Um, now, typically, we, ma- we marry the opposite of us anyway. We find in another person so much that is different about us, different than us. You know, like, like we are incredibly different to each other. We have the opposite love languages. We fill out almost every personality test and we are opposites. We don't have that many like interests in common. Like I'll talk about the NBA after about like American basketball and after about three seconds, you can see her eyes just glaze over and she's starting to think about something else. And that's okay, right? We have wildly different personalities and interests and everything. But when it comes to values, our values are the same. And that's why our conflict can be resolved because we're we're on the same page about the biggest things. When you're not on the same page about the biggest things, it's hard. A couple that we were doing some uh, some marriage coaching with, um, they came to us. We'd known them for many, many years, good Christian people, had a couple of kids, wonderful people. And as we started to unpack their problem, we realized, hang on a minute, you guys have such a different perspective on money. The guy is like, yeah, God's going to provide faith, 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 woo, right? And she's like, she's an accountant. (laughs) 
And she's like, no, 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 we've got to save and invest and look after our future. And he's like, ah, God will sort out the future. It'll be awesome. And it's like, okay, how did you guys end up together? And I think in that situation, what it ended up looking like practically is he was um, doing a lot of uni study but never ending up with a job. And she was working her backside off just to make ends meet for quite a lot of years. And so then when it came to the end where she thought, this is it, he's finishing this degree and he's going to get a job. And they had two small children. So she was juggling an awful lot and was... um, It took a lot of years to work out it's actually a values-based thing because they had grown up in such different environments. They're, They're... the root of what they thought about how you use money was wildly different. Even though they were both saved, they, were, they both loved the Lord, they both wanted their marriage to work, but they just couldn't find this, yeah. this place of agreement in such a big topic that impacted their everyday. Um, right. Now, they have come out the other side, but, man, it was a journey. So relationships are going to have conflict, the goal of your relationship is not to not have conflict. People are like, oh, we had a couple that we, kn- that we knew and they were like, we never fight. And we were like, wow, you guys are awesome. And then nine months after they got married, they got divorced. And we started going, whoa, you didn't fight because you didn't communicate. You guys never talked about what was really going on in you. And when you started, you had no framework and no tools to deal with the conflict. Um, So you're going to have conflict in a relationship. You need to learn how, well, we need to learn how to navigate that. But the hardest conflict to deal with is values-based conflict because you've grown up thinking a certain thing is valuable and now your spouse is thinking the opposite or something that is so far different from you. So you want to ask, you want to, like, don't get married too quickly. You want to get to know the person. You want to be able to discover, because not many couples, I don't think, babe, are like sitting down going, so what are your values? No, right. right? So you have, you, have to, you have to get to know the person so you can understand where there's a, a gap in values between you, perhaps. Real value in doing some seasons together. Right, right. Um, So, yeah, explore all of that. Super good. Third one is, can I see a future with this person? Can we see a future together? Because if you're all in love and you're all infatuated with that person, you might not be seeing clearly right now. And a lot of people, that's why we need to go back to that chemistry question. Because if chemistry is the thing... People make lots of bad decisions based purely on chemistry. Chemistry is important, but it's not the only thing that's important, right? So we don't want to be like, oh, we're in love and now we're going to get married. (laughs) Whoa, back up the truck. Do you even see a future with this person, right? Well, they've never had a job and, you know, their parents supply them with everything and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's like, whoa, think a little bit down the track. The the person that you marry isn't just the hot single guy or girl. Um, they're, your, they're with you for the rest of your life. So for some of you, that might be 70 years. 
That's a lot of years to be with this person. That person's going to be the father of your children. All their things that irritate you slightly now, magnify that down the track. When, the, when that, you know, I'm so in love, they're the hottest thing on earth. When they're less hot. They're still going to be there, and you're still going to so you're still going to love them. So true. <laughs> That's so true. Um, do you see? Do you want similar things in your life to the other person? Do you have a, a Do you have a future together? You want to be asking that question. What do you want out of this life? Right? How are you going to pursue Jesus? Is the other person going to pursue Jesus even if you don't stay together? Right? Um, like, you don't need to want every single thing the same. You know, like uh, I shared this morning, like I'm going to, uh, this afternoon, I'm going to America with my brother next year. He's paying for most of it. I'm really happy with that. Um, and I want to go and do great things over there and maybe see an, uh, an NBA game or whatever. And Beck's like, Whatever, who cares? Don't care about that. I would, she, would, she would probably only go and watch an NBA game if we were there together, oh, right? Yeah. But we want, we, it's okay to want different things, but if the values are the same and you can't see a future together, yeah. that's, that's got to be a deal breaker at some point. Yeah, consider the red flags, you know, if there's any red flags. And something totally. Like, say you want 10 children and they want one child, it's going to be a pretty tricky one to overcome. You've got a nine-child gap there. It's a lot of kids to Your work out what you're going to do. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's one of the questions we ask couples when we're doing pre-marriage counselling: is Have you talked about children? And they're like, Oh yeah. And how many do you want? How many do you want? Uh, he wants four. I want two. We're going to have three. I'm like, Okay. Well, if that works, that's cool. Great. 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 But if, if you cannot decide on something that is so valuable to you regarding your future or if it's a values clash, you've got to ask the question, is this the one? Yeah, right. Don't sign paperwork just based on the feeling of love. Yeah. Because you're committing the rest of your life to that person, to choosing to sacrifice and love them even when you don't feel like it. So before we go into Q&A, what does God think? Yeah. What do your parents think? You know, they actually know you better than anybody. Right. What do your close friends think? I wouldn't say every friend, everyone that you call friend. <laughs> what are your close friends, the people that really know you? What do they think? Right, right. What do your leaders think? Do you have a piece about this person and are there any red flags that might be deal breakers? So those three questions. Do we have genuine chemistry? Do we have compatibility of values? And do we see a future together? You need to be able to answer those questions. They don't sound super spiritual, but that's gonna, that, let's put them under the banner of wisdom. Yeah. Right? It'll save you a lot of heartache and making some poor choices. Awesome. Isaac's going to come and sit here. Yes. Come on, Isaac. <laughs> So good. Uh, to, to, to save maybe the, the discomfort of that cushy comfort, we are going to uh, oh, we're going to bring a bring a cool. little oh. lounge chair here. 
That's all right. I, I know for a fact that, that, uh, that this lounge is a donation from the youth ministry, and yeah. I'm a little bit concerned as to the structural integrity. <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard you did have a uh, collapse once. Uh, that wasn't this one, but okay, that has great, happened. Great. That has happened. <laughs> we won't name names, but it was funny. Um, but yeah, such great, such great uh, wisdom so far. Thank you, Pastor Darren and Beck. Um, yeah, love getting the opportunity to to filter through some questions together. Um, actually, speaking of, I think the first question that I got to ask is maybe going to help me out. Um, just personally, this is just going to be personal. I had I had someone ask the question in the chat: What do you do when your uh, youth pastor thinks he's funny, but no one has the uh, has the guts to tell him? So, what do you do in that situation? How do you have the the awkward conversation with the really not funny youth pastor? Whoever draws the short straw, you have the conversation. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to find out whoever the heck that was. <laughs> no, that's great. Awesome. So I think let's, 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 let's kick off in dating world. Um, I, loved, I loved your thoughts around compatibility of values. Um, would love to, I guess, for you, what would you say for, for both of you are, you know, maybe a handful of non-negotiable values that you really want to be on the same page about? So I think there's things like respect. You know, you'll pick this up even just going out for dinner. How do they treat the person that comes to the table? You know, if they're a total jerk, that's going to start showing up in more than just, you know, it's, it's yeah. Um, that's good. For me, that's, been, that's a big one, yeah. you know. Like love for Jesus, like genuine, do they love the house of God? Is that real for them? Um, that's that's got to be right up there in terms of, you know, because following Jesus isn't just about, um, it's not even just about a personal relationship. It's also about the value system that we get from the kingdom. It's about the personal transformation journey that we're on with God. It's about the Holy Spirit's at work in them and He's at work in me. He's giving us both strength to overcome and we're on this journey of transformation together. Um, even if you don't get married, you still know I'm on this journey of transformation and so are they. Um, but, you, but then you know if you're both married, then you can overcome anything together and you know that the other person's got the Holy Spirit in their ear and you've got the Holy Spirit in your ear and, you know, you've got this, this strength so, like, it's, like, it's got to be, the, it's gotta be the, the number one thing, really, is are they genuinely walking with Jesus? And how, what does that look like in their life? Definitely. Fantastic. That's, really, that's awesome, awesome thoughts. Um, so, what, who would you, what would you say then to the person who is on the dating journey? Um, and uh, I know that uh, as... Christians, we value the pursuit of, you know, like not necessarily being in it casually, but, you know, for the, for the person who's dating with the idea of marriage, yeah. wanting to commit, right. but at some point they've realized there isn't a compatibility of values, but they feel this desire to commit and they don't want to have the sense of this, this, this relationship is broken down or I've, I've, I've failed in this pursuit. How do, how do you navigate that journey? Or maybe, you know, they've gone to that next step of getting engaged and, but there's come a moment where there's a deep, like a value clash. Right. What, would you, what would you say to that person? 
look at some, it's short-term pain or long-term pain. It's your choice. You know, like, are you prepared to go through a few months of it's being really awkward? And let's be real, like, relationships in a church community, like, you're kind of on display a bit. Everyone knows, oh, they're seeing that person, they went on a date, oh, you know, and there's talking, you know, and it becomes serious and everyone's really happy for you and, you know, you're getting engaged, everyone's celebrating that and then if you realise something and you have to call off the engagement, you kind of, you feel like I'm going to lose face if I do something this drastic. But you have to consider what, like, what, what we said before, like, what are my leaders saying? What's my heart saying? What's the Holy Spirit saying? Is this the best decision for the rest of my life? Am I prepared to say no for a little bit? Because that's not, this isn't the one. Not that there is the one, right? You're not trying to find the one in the universe to complete you. Okay, don't get me started on that, right? But like, is this the person I'm going to commit the rest of my life to and therefore experience potentially a lot of pain and a lot of flexibility, having to bend and flex too far that I feel like I'm breaking myself to make it work? Um, or do I pull, pull the pin now? Great thoughts. Yeah. Any, uh, any addition to that, Pastor Beck? No, I think, I think you know, long-term pain, short-term pain, is a, it's a really worthwhile thing to think about. Mm. Fantastic, fantastic. So then... <laughs> Um, what would you say are some healthy dating habits to put in place um, to help prevent a relationship get to that point? Um, you've spoken about, you've spoken about uh, the importance of, of community and um, you, know, you even mentioned pre-marriage counselling. Um, maybe speak more into yeah, what, what are some other additional habits? Why do you, why do you vouch for pre-marriage counselling in the context of community? Maybe the relationship in itself isn't actually doing bad, you know, in their mind. They're heading in the right direction in and of their own accord. What, what's the importance of community? What are some other things? I think there's so much value in regardless of what stage you are at. So you might, it might be dating, not even boyfriend and girlfriend, but having some accountability, not making it into the biggest thing in the world, right, when you're dating, um, but, and not going to pre-marriage counselling when you're dating, like... Probably a bit, you know, a bit intense. Like, well, <laughs> leave something for later. Um, but you've got leaders, whether it's youth leaders or you might have, you know, group leaders or something. You've got other people in your world that you can, that can hold you accountable, um, that can be like, hey, how's that going? You know, um, whether that's in the physical side of things, because let's face it, that's a real thing. Um, it is in your face. If you are on social media or if really just if you leave the house, um, it is in your face right. all the time and, and it's hard to, um, to separate yourself from that. That takes real integrity. Um, but um, to have somebody that you're accountable to, right. um, not just a girlfriend or a mate, um, that likely is struggling with the same things, but someone who's a little bit further down the track. So a leader is so valuable to have sort of in a mentoring capacity. I would also say um, have physical boundaries. Um, Not like, you know, 30 centimetres for the Holy Spirit to move or anything. Like, (laughs) 
like, a Bible's width. <laughs> one Bible's width. You can't come this close. Um, but, you know, like certain things that are healthy, like, I'm just going to go there. Um, don't touch parts of her body that are here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just... Probably, probably goes a bit lower, actually. Probably, well, that too as well. Heck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Glad you clarified. Um, you know, like, you want to you be in agreement about the kind of relationship that you want to have, and even though the temptation's going to be real, you want to be accountable to some leaders or some strong people um, who can help you to do that journey, who you know are praying for you. Um, it's, that's a really... Set some ground rules. Set some rules of engagement. Um, and then follow Jesus first. Don't make that person your God, your mm. idol. Um, just, yep. Jesus first. Are we talking about sex? Let's talk about that. So, yes. Sounds great. Um, because it is one of the toughest things I think this generation is yes. facing um, is... And the question is almost always, how far can I go? Not how holy can I be? And if you backtrack that more to a question around holiness, um, if you're seeking him first, if the question is more about holiness, um, how can I keep this relationship pure? Am I saying yes to God in all of this? Um, As opposed to it being, you know, is it a no to them? Yeah, it might be because it's a yes to him. Um, so right. just sort of factoring in some of those yeah, so good. Wow. those questions, just right. reframe it as opposed to, it's not, oh, well, oh, Darren said I can go between here and here, so I can do all of this and, you know, Pashi's face off, um, but how holy can I be? Right, so good. How much are you prepared to compromise your relationship with Jesus to do something that you're going to regret? So true. So true. That's, that's, that's gold. Um, perhaps continuing on this topic, because we're all, uh, there's a whole bunch of different people here in different stages of faith. Um, and maybe we ha- uh, there's people here that are very new to this process of faith, and their context of relationships isn't in a godly context. And so in their mind, sex outside of marriage is okay if I'm committed to them. So speak maybe a little bit more into the important, like why does, why as Christians are we committed to sexual purity in the first place? Why do we need to pursue that? Um, We need to have a good theology of sex, um, which is obviously what the world doesn't have. So God is three persons in one, perfect unity, perfect intimacy. God allows us as humans, he gives us the gift of sex. He allows us to enjoy that in the covenant of marriage. Okay? Now, covenant's a big word. We, we, we talk about it a bit in, in, in church circles. But a covenant is, I will, I'm committed to you until I die. No matter what. 
no matter how the person's feeling, no matter what, what, we, what we journey through, sickness, injury, er- everything, everything that, we're, that, we, that, that we get to experience in this life, I'm committed to you no matter what. Covenant. That creates safety and security for sex to be enjoyed because sex is so powerful. Sex is not just a thing that, you, that some people give on the third date, Right? Sex is God's gift to you to enjoy each other's bodies in marriage. So I heard um, Alan Meyer talk about this in Real Man Conference um, like in 2007. And he said, if you get smacked as a child, you're probably not going to remember it. You might remember occasionally, but if you're not going to remember, you know, this is back in the day when Every parent smacked their kids and it was normal, right? <laughs> right? And I, I don't really remember getting smacked as a child. Yeah, cool, cool, no worries. He said, but if you were ever inappropriately touched or sexually abused as a child, that's going to leave an imprint in your memory, a trauma for the rest of your life. Sex is not to be trifled with. It is so powerful and that, that helped me to understand that this is such a big thing and we treat it with contempt. We treat it like it's nothing. But actually, it's wonderful. It's incredible. And it can be a, such a, an enjoyable, wonderful part of your married life. But if you give it away too soon, too quickly, and too often to too many people, or to even anyone apart from your spouse... Now you're carrying in memories of a previous partner to your covenant of marriage. So now you're saying, I'm going to, now you've got a comparison. Now you've got comparison to make for the rest of your life and memories that can pop into your mind when you're in the middle of making love to your spouse whom you love. If you've got previous experience, this is why we like to talk about this in, in this kind of context. Because if, prov- if we can help you see the value of sex, the power of sex, the beauty of sex, and the gift of sex, maybe, you, maybe you'll make better choices and we'll have better marriages. And you can enjoy sex as much as you like. And as long as you're both consenting, you can do whatever you like. And you can enjoy each other and I've got to say, sex keeps getting better. 25 years in, sex keeps getting better. All right? So, that doesn't mean we were, it was terrible in the first year. <laughs> well, it was good for me. <laughs> it took us a while to work out some things. <laughs> Sorry, was I it too quiet then? I was better. supposed to jump quiet. in. You were too quiet. I had to fill in the gaps. This is awkward. <laughs> I, I would say, um, separate to that, if you have, you know, for those of you who have already kind of gone, oh, they're talking about this and like, that ship sailed a long time ago with a whole lot of people or maybe just with one. Um, God is such a redeemer. You know, he is such a good God. And that does not need to be um, a weight on you. There's 
I would say talk to a leader, talk to a pastor, get some prayer, get some healing for that. Um, and you can move forward in incredible freedom. Yes. Come on, that, that, that right there just actually needs a round of applause. That's great wisdom. That's great wisdom. Couldn't second that enough. Uh, in these final few minutes, we're just going to shift gears into singleness, if, if that's cool. Um, firstly, uh, I loved how you, how you said that you know, you're not a second-rate human just because you're not currently in that covenant of marriage. I love that. Um, and, I, and I love that there are just such great opportunities for us to utilize that season of sing- singleness for great things. What would you say uh, um, some ways that you can utilize your time as a single person for good, for all that that season's been called to be? I would say that for many people, uh, singleness is the time where you have the most expendable time, money, um, all that can, you can use for the kingdom of God. Um, sort of I look back and I go, it was, I still lived at home sort of up until we got married. So I worked a full-time job on paying next to no board, let's face it. Um, I think I paid like $30 a week. <laughs> awesome. Uh, it was nothing. Um, so I had a lot of time uh, because although I worked full-time, all of my nights and all of my weekends, I was free to do whatever. Yeah. So there's opportunity to serve the house. Um, like right. by the time you've got, you know, we had three kids under two and so I didn't have a whole lot of time uh, then. Like, the comparison sort of time-wise and money-wise uh, was extraordinary. And so it's, it is actually amazing what you can do um, when you put your mind to kingdom work in that sort of season of singleness. Awesome. Anything to add, Pastor Darren? No, that's good. Fantastic. That was good. That was really good. Love that. Okay, so that's, you know, um, that, that season of singleness is such a great opportunity to really right. grow into, into who God's called us to be. But do you think that we should have our lives sorted out before, as single people before pursuing that uh, relationship? And if not, what, what are some things that we should sort out? <laughs> wow. I think that's you should very... all be perfect before you get married and um, <laughs> like we were. No. <laughs> That's a really hard question, actually. Um, I think that if you're waiting until you're perfect, you're going to be forever waiting. Right. Um, but I think if you've got trauma, if you've got serious dysfunction, um, if you have, like, major baggage or issues, you should be pursuing Jesus... And let, letting the Holy Spirit bring healing and strength back to you. Um, while two broken people don't make a whole person, you can reduce the amount of brokenness that you're bringing into the, into the marriage. Um, so we don't want to ignore our issues in the assumption that marriage is going to make us perfect. Um, John Mark Comer in Loveology, he, do, he talks about how... Um, Marriage causes us to grow up. Um, but you, and you can, do, you can do those hard yards by yourself pre-marriage um, or you can do them in the context of a marriage relationship. You're going to do, you, do transformation anyway. Yeah, 
So you may as well work on your stuff while you're single so that you're bringing as much health as possible to your prospective partner and your future marriage. Um, yeah. Like, if you know that you've got issues, you know what I mean? I'm not saying, like, you know, do this extreme, you know, I need to, like, go inside myself somehow and work out all everything that's wrong with me. But if you're aware, this is a problem for me, get professional help. Go and see a counsellor. Go and see a psychologist. If you struggle with massive mental health issues, like, talk to a pastor and get help. Like, talk to your GP. Like, there are things that you can work out so that you're not bringing that into a marriage. The marriage is not going to fix that. It's going to magnify that. So we've got to stop thinking that marriage is the solution for everything. Oh, I'm just all broken and busted. But when I get married, it's all going to be great. Well, some things will be great, um, but some things will be 10 times harder because you brought that dysfunction into a close relationship. Awesome. I think it's really easy to, you know, some people will have a list of all the things that they want, but if they actually, um, you know, I want him to have this, 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 this and this, and he's got to be an incredible man of God serving the house, blah, blah, blah. But if you actually made your own list about you, sometimes you're not doing even half of those things. You know, I want him to be fit and I want him to be this and I want him to be that, you know, while you're laying on the couch like eating a bag of chips. Um, and And I'm all for that. I'm all for a bag of chips on the couch, but, um, but like sometimes we just, we, we expect of the person that's yes. coming so much more than we're prepared to do, wow. sort of, so work on yourself right. so that you're, you're ready for when they come along. Yes. You get two awesome people together. Yeah. I would totally. say totally. that it's really easy when you, um, you look at other people. We have got somebody, hmm, as a person in our world who's very close to us, um, who is quite young, old enough to get married, but, okay, they're 18. Um, and they say, but what? Like, they want to get married. That's, they're, they're dating with the idea that they're getting married. And we're like, whoa, they, like, that's young. If, if they find... We're well aware that yep. any girlfriend that comes along... It's, it's possible she's going to become a part of the family, right? They're, they're looking for this, this person. They're looking for a wife. And um, this person in our world says, but why wouldn't I want what you guys have got? Like, why wouldn't I want... Like, they look at married people that they respect and look up to, but I remind them, we weren't like this 25 years ago. Yeah, right. You know, we were young, and I was awful sometimes. Like... Not that awful. <laughs> sometimes you know it it doesn't start like it's taken 25 years to work a whole lot of these things out and we're, we're not perfect yeah, um fine. so keeping in mind when you're looking at you know a couple that's down the track someone that's further down the line than you like it took them a while to get there yeah, they had some work to do awesome Really great thoughts. With our final moments, just one last question. I would love, would love just to pray. Speak to the uh, single person who has a, a genuine, deep desire for that, for marriage, for family.
And it's just in a season of discouragement, in that season of not necessarily waiting, but there is that genuine desire. What, what would you, just in these part, uh, next few moments, what would you encourage that person in? I, I believe if you want to get married, you'll get married. Might not be in your time frame. Um, like the Bible doesn't say a lot about this, but it does say take a wife. It does say that God will give you the desires of your heart. So, I've had a lot of people come up to me and ask me this, like, we've got a single guy in our, in our world, and he's super discouraged, and he's like, I don't even know, Pastor D, if I'm ever going to get married. And I'm like, dude, like, how old are you? I was, I'm 27. Like, all right, you, you got time, man. You got time, you got plenty of time. You, you, you shouldn't be in a hurry. And some, sometimes it's because they elevate marriage to what, you know, and we don't honor singleness like we should. Um, but, like, in, enjoy the time that you've got right now. Yeah. Enjoy it before you get married. Stop putting marriage on a pedestal. But I, I, I really believe that if you want to get married, if it's in your heart, it will happen. God will allow you to find that person or a person, not the person, uh, right? And it'll work out. It'll work out for you. The key is not to worry and stress and, um, you know, just turn yourself inside out and become a social chameleon so that you lose yourself and you find someone and you're not yourself. Know what I mean? Like, um, be yourself, love Jesus, trust God for everything else. Right. There's a um, part of Psalm 37. It says, um, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust Trust in him and he will do this. And there's a pile of things in those verses. Like there's action in that. Trust. Do good. Dwell. Enjoy. Take delight. Wow commit so it's sort of coming back to some of those things sort of you know it is discouraging you know you hear the term actually maybe you don't hear it anymore maybe that was my generation oh they've been left on the shelf do people still say that yeah they're going that um you know and girls that hit a certain age oh you know your eggs are running out it's like oh save me like it's just keep putting him first. Right. Our, right. There's so many things. You can look back. There's so many things that the timing wasn't God's, but I guarantee you when you look at some of the incredible things he has done in your life, yep. um, you, can, you have those moments where you're like, oh, I was here, but then I was here because of all that he did. Right. Well, think about it in this context. You're here now. You will look back at some stage, yeah. and it might not be your timing and go, oh, look at all he did in that season. Right. That was incredible. So I encourage you in that, trust in the Lord and yeah. do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Mm-hmm. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way yeah, to the right. Lord. Trust in him, and he'll do this. Like, I could spend the next hour telling you stories of a person who was desperate to get married, married the wrong person, and is now divorced and 10 times more unhappy than they were before they were single. Don't rush it. Slow down. 
Trust God. Trust his timing. He loves you. Come on, can we put our hands together for the, for the Chapmans? We have run out of time for questions, but Pastor Dan, I'm wondering if you would just quickly pray over all of us that we would just have flourishing relationships regardless of season. Love to. God, tonight, I pray for every person here that we would honor you and that we would love you more than anything else this world has to offer, Lord. That we would trust you even when we're scared, even when we're worried, and even when things aren't panning out the way that we want them to in the timing that we want as well. God, I pray that we would have incredible relationships, great, deep, wonderful community friendships, Lord God. I pray that we would be so embedded in community, so following you, that our, uh, our, our journeys that are linked in and um, just so together, there'd be a togetherness in this community of, of, of God, there'd be a, a sense of togetherness in this family right here tonight, that there'd be a sense that I'm not alone, but I've got friends here, I've got a God who loves me, and that there'd be such health in all of our relationships, God. Lord, for those who are dating, strength and wisdom, Lord, in Jesus' name. For those who are married, Lord God, blessing and strength and love. Let love flow. Let breakthrough flow. And God, for those who are single and wondering if it's ever going to happen, Father, would you just be close to them? Would you confirm to them your love? And would you help them to trust you no matter what? God, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you're for us. We thank you that you, you see the fear. You see the, um, some, sometimes it's terrifying when we look forwards into our future and to the unknown, God. But Lord, I pray that for every person here tonight, that they would trust you, that they would know you, and that they would be at peace in Jesus' name. Bless every relationship in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen and amen. Can we put our hands together for Pastor Darren and Beck Chapman?